not long after my wife and I and received this calling, and in the last podcast I brought up about this Takuna Lam, and we had a lot of transactions happen in our family after that. It just seemed like everything went in a tailspin. We're in Pensacola, I'm basically deciding to lay down the, my F-15E career as a uh, and my desire to fly aircraft that's been with me since I was a little boy. And, you know, something that's really important, and I discovered this, and I, I think for those of you that are married, hopefully this would be would be helpful. We started to realize that we needed to know where God wanted us to move. And I was reading David Wilkinson's book, The Dream Giver, and in the book he he describes how important it is that you get objective proof and that if, if you're married or if you have another relationship with your uh, pastor or a friend that when you get a word from God you need to make sure that it has that it's backed up by another source and that being important that uh, the word of the prophet is subject to the prophets is kind of the way we look at that but it, when you're working in the prophetic and you're going on the line for it uh, objective proof of the prophetic is really important and when I say that, I'm referencing uh, Hebrews 11:1 1, that faith is the, the the title deed hoped for, or the business transaction hoped for, and the objective proof of an unseen reality. So, objective proof means that you may have something subjectively, like a dream or a vision or an encounter with the Lord, but you need something else that comes in and, and agrees with that and testifies of that. Well. I was reading Wilkinson's book, and he said, you know, you need that, and uh, and that there are many people in your life that he's going through called buddy blockers that are trying to stop you from getting along with what God has for your life. And so I'd had this sense that God wanted us to move to Saluda, North Carolina, and honestly, probably the last place on the earth that I wanted to be. Uh, it seemed like a real wilderness for our family, but the Lord said to go there and I called my wife, Kara, and I asked her if she would ask the word for a word. And I don't know, about 30 minutes later, she calls me back and she says, Carol, the word gave me a word uh, out of my daily devotions out of Exodus chapter 26. And Carol was reading through the Bible, and she gets to the end of Exodus 26, and it says in verse 30, Set up the tabernacle according to the pattern which is revealed to you on the mountain. Well, she said, I, I know from the Lord that he's telling us that we're to move to the mountain in Saluda. So uh, we made that decision, and I had to like let my commander know. And uh, Within a few days, I was being assigned to go into a space position with the Air Force. I had just recently dropped from um, F-15 training program. And, uh, and so I, I went in the commander, and I told him, and he said that he believed in prayer he told me to look behind myself, and uh, down on one knee was George Washington at Valley Forge. He said, Lieutenant, I believe in prayer, and uh, men can get out of the, their ecclesial duties. Then I think out of the Air Force, out of their ecclesial duties, I will uh, let you out because you have an ecclesiastical duty. So we, we end up leaving Pensacola, and we get to Saluda, the day we move into our house, a little one-bedroom cabin on top of the mountain, it's very dilapidated, and 
poorly built, and we're outside really bemoaning the fact that God has asked us to to do something like this. And don't you know who I am, God? And I'm special. And uh, why have you put my wife and I in this condition? I'm kicking the rocks around and uh, what we call mully grubbing. I'm mully grubbing and fussing at God. <laughs> and and the word tells me, says, um, you know, he says, sit down over there and uh, pile up a bunch of rocks. And up on the mountain that we live on, there's a lot of these little muddy clay rocks. And, and they're just the nastiest little thing you've ever seen, but they're everywhere. And he says, pile them up and... So I start piling up these rocks, and he says, go over there to your dad's place and get a can of kerosene and pour on those rocks. And then sit down and get you a match, and no one talk to you. He said to me, he said, you know, these rocks represent the sin in your life that you think you see. You know, now set those rocks on fire. And I set them on fire, and he said to me, I'm going to burn the sin out of your life through adversity and trials. I guess, you know, for me, my stomach kind of dropped, and it's not what you really want to hear. Because, you know, you think that you're you're okay, <laughs> and that you don't really have many problems. And when God called us up there on that mountain, he said, know me. And uh, my response to him was, I already do. I guess I'm pro- I would probably be about the most arrogant thing I've ever said. But needless to say, we sit down, and he says, you know, your forefathers went through this training. And I said, I was thinking about my dad's uncle Elijah. He had baptized a lot of people over here in the Mill, Mills River area in the French Broad River. And I was thinking, um, are you talking about some of these men of God, maybe there's preachers in our family line? And the Lord said, no. He said, I'm speaking of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, you know, I think in my heart I got really quiet and... And, and thought, you know, what is he talking about? I'm, anyways, I have no connection to that. I don't understand that. But I, I knew in a moment that, on one sense, I was in trouble because God's going to burn sin out of my life. And another one, I was his son, and I was elected according to promise. And that he was going to do something with our family. I tell you, I guess the next day, it was like hell came to my house and hardship. And difficulty. We were told to live by faith, and you know, to take no government assistance, to take no, to not ask anybody for any money, to not have a public job. There was no way for me to get provision. We had a Carol was pregnant with Elizabeth. Our new baby's coming, and, uh, and I have no way to provide for my family. I've left a six-figure income and. He had told us to give away most of everything that we had, and we're just living by faith to the chagrin of pretty much everybody that we knew. And there's a lot to this story, but someone comes up to our house that was on their way to Israel and drops off Mike Bickles' uh, 12 CD series, Encountering Jesus. This was in within about six months of us being there, and I tell you, I finally like connect to something over the the months that we had been there, and I realized that what he was talking about, the the movement of the house of prayer and the bridal paradigm, it it just matched and resonated so much with 
our family. And so we really started to connect with International House of Prayer out in Kansas City and to listen to them and their worship and, and get involved as best we could uh, from our place there in Saluda. And because this testimony is important because of where we're going to go with this podcast, I want to give a number of key encountering moments that I've had to lay a foundation so you can get to know me and my family some. And then as we encourage you, uh, the remnant, I guess we had been on the mountain about six months. And one morning I got woke up and, and the word said, today I'm going to give you your calling. And it was about 5.30 in the morning. I went downstairs in our cabin and, and the word spoke to me said, you turn to the book of Obadiah. And so I did. I did after I had to go to the front of my Bible and try to find if there was a book, Obadiah. <laughs> because I, I, you know, I didn't know that that book was even in the Bible. And I, I found it and uh, on page 700 and something. And it was 21 verses. Uh, I, I looked down to read it, and it said, uh, An ambassador has been sent among the heathen, crying out, Prepare for war. It's clear as day the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, uh, That's you. I don't think at this point I even knew what a narcissist was, but if I'd have known what the definition was, I would have assumed that I was one, and that I had some kind of problem and as a person, as a human being, and I have this desire to be great, to change the world, and I'm going to do that. And so I'm thinking, this can't be the Lord talking to me at 5.30 in the morning. So my wife came downstairs and going to the restroom, and I went over there to her, and I said, "Uh, Kara, today the Lord gave me my calling. And she's in a dreary, you know, sleep, still, barely got her eyes open, and I said, guess where it's at? You know, you have to understand, I didn't reference the Bible or any book or anything. And out of a dead sleep, going right back to bed, she looks at me and she says, Obadiah. And the Holy Spirit said, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. Listen, I didn't even know that was in the Bible. (laughs) The Lord said, you believe me now? And I said, yes, because I know my wife is not thinking about anything about this right now because if you ever get to meet her, you, that's not where she's at. And so I, so I started to explore the 21 verses because I'm like, this must be important for end times. And I found Edom and I found Esau and I found Jacob and I found Joseph and I found this end time move and I found scholarship saying that this book has never, the prophetic work on it hasn't been fully fulfilled yet, that it's a, an enigma surrounding it. And, uh, of course, I can't go into all of it, but I, I found the United States of America in it. I found this great eagle collapsing and falling. I found God bringing judgment on Esau's ways. I found that he was going to cause a, a fire to come up on the earth, of, that God's people were going to burn hot again with revival and awakening And my eyes started to be open to the book. And I asked the Lord, and I started to get dreams about it. I started to realize that, you know, many of us have been in trials. Please hear me now because I'm speaking directly to you. But been in trials related to birthright and and giving up birthright for this world and the things of this world for basically a pot of soup. And giving up our callings and saying, 
like Esau did in this threat against calling. I, I had a dream, and then the next night in the dream, I was in a room full of all these F-15E people, and the and the instructor, there's thousands of them in there, and he's he points me out in the middle of the whole auditorium. He says, what are you doing here? Get out of here. And I was so embarrassed. But I knew that I had a calling and that everything was fighting against that calling. And that that we right now, especially right now, and you know, as God has been forming us and making us, we need to embrace what he says about us. That this is going to really matter here really soon. That we don't give in to the spirit of Antichrist in this last hour and forfeit our divine destinies in God uh, for food and the material needs of this life, which God promises us anyways. And it became very real, and I I started to see that one day, and and maybe from this podcast you'll be interested in getting and looking at Obadiah, but the the eagle will fall. And all Esau-like nature will be uh, removed out of this nation, and God's going to cause a fire to burn and, and deliverance is going to come for Israel. <laughs>